there. Welcome to another Breakthrough Research Podcast episode. My name is Marjorie da Costa Abreu. I'm a senior lecturer in artificial intelligence at Sheffield Hallow University, and I'll be hosting today's episode. The Breakthrough Research Podcast is supported by the Industry and Innovation Research Institute at Sheffield Hallow University. And we are going to give you an insight into the work that we do. On our lunch and in the morning or evening, we want to be there on your break. Screens down and tune in to learn so much more about not only new and exciting research, but also the people behind it. Today, we have the pleasure of having Dr. Laura Cole. She's a senior lecturer in biomedical science. She's also the course leader of biomedical science degree. And she's also part of the Biomolecular Research Center, the BMRC. So she's, she has lots of heads. Welcome, Laura. Thank you very much for inviting me. Hello. In order to comply with social distancing, we are making the recordings by digital platform with simple equipment that we have at home. We might even get extra help from small children and pets. So you can imagine that this chat is happening just next to you. The episode you are listening to now was recorded on the 9th of March, 2021. So just to start, Laura, so thank you very much for accepting our invitation. Can you tell us and our listeners what path led you to your current position at Sheffield Holland? Well, so I, my background is biomedical science and I actually did my PhD at Sheffield Hallam. Um, so um, that was in cancer research, basically. And um, then I did a postdoctoral um, sort of work within the, the Biomolecular Sciences Research Centre. And I've been at SHU ever since. So um, now I'm a lecturer. Um, I absolutely love my job. Um, I can still do biomedical science, but with a cancer research. Um, wow, yeah, so you are kind of a, a daughter of the institution, that's excellent. Can you tell our listeners, what is biomedical science in very simple terms? So, so biomedical science, um, in, in simple terms, I, I, I suppose it's a study of the disease of the body with what goes wrong and how you can detect um, what's going wrong within the body. So it could be, you can probably look at microbiological aspect, which has been very topical at the moment with COVID-19. You can look at what's going wrong with somebody's blood, so hematology. Um, you could also look at using lots of different techniques and methods to look at any kind of molecular occurrences within the body um, to lead you to some clues really of what's going wrong when things go wrong within a, in, in a, a, de a disease state. From what you explained, so you, you mentioned quite a few you know, terminology, so a molecular level, disease. So uh, in order for a person that is interested in this kind of you know, research or area, what mm -hmm. would they have to do at school in order to you know, pursue this career if they, are, if they want to go for biomolecular science? So I would say you've got to have a keen interest in biology. So really to, to find out what's happening um, within your body, um, not just from what you can see, but from down a microscope, um, and then what goes wrong. So a keen interest in biology. I would say an interest in chemistry does help, but it's not essential. Um, 
we teach you everything you need to know from a chemistry aspect um, to kind of fit in with biomedical science. So it's really keen interest in the biological sciences is, is all that you need really. And then an interest in what happens when it goes wrong. And I guess curiosity, isn't it, to find out because if we have something going on, we have to investigate, isn't it? So you, you mentioned that you work with cancer. Can you expand about that? You know, can you tell us a bit more about your research? So currently, I'm actually looking at ocular disease. Ocular disease is anything to do with the eye. Um, so I have a collaboration with um, Dr. Karen Sisley, um, University of Sheffield. Um, they look at eye cancer, so cancer that happens within um, human eyes. Um, it's actually extremely rare, um, but it's really interesting. Um, disease, but it's it's something because it's rare that we're really keen to find out more about how it happens and any new treatments. Are there anything that we can focus on? And also, I look at also to do with the eye is something called age-related macular degeneration. So people might have heard of that. It's one of the things that they look for when you go to the opticians when you have an eye test. Um, and um, again, that can be a very harrowing um, disorder that can lead to loss of um, sight too. Wow, very cool. So you are basically going towards, you know, becoming a very key name into, you know, ocular analysis, like eye treatments and everything, isn't it? Hopefully. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a huge interest to me. Um, and it's nice to have an external collaboration as well. So um, with the University of Sheffield, and we also work with... Um, the Trinity College Dublin in Ireland. Um, so it's nice not only to work with people um, within South Yorkshire, but to extend um, internationally as well. But um, yes, it's, uh, it's very interesting. And uh, it's something that I'm kind of really sort of starting to work my way um, up. I have a PhD student working on age-related macular degeneration. So he's doing lots of research at the moment so it's really exciting can you tell our listeners how you came up with this research area because we know we like as i'm also a research we try to you know look for questions that are open that need answering so uh from from your you know at the end of your phd to the position that you are now can you tell us roughly how it works you know what how did you find out this research question and how did you engage with your, with your collaborators? And then how did you manage to get like funding and everything to do your research? So there's so much that you can look into, both with cancer research and with age-related disorders. And like you've quite rightly said, you, you have to have a research question. Um, so I'm interested in early um, screening and detection. One of the most... Um, I would say most popular questions I always get asked is, you know, when will we have a cure for cancer? When, you know, when we'll have a cure for this disease? And I think right now, I think what's really important is early detection techniques. So I would say throughout my research career, um, I've been working on certain sort of biological pathways and molecules like proteins and um, fats within the body. Um, to try and work out if there's anything that we can, any key changes that we can lead and, and observe um, and use that information to look for early screening um, detection 
rather than just looking um, for that, that huge cure because it's, it's little baby steps in science working towards the next step and what's the next step after that. Um, so for me, it's focusing on early detection um, to try and then do something about it. Yeah, it's very interesting what you just said, you know, and, and the, during the pandemic, like most scientists, they, they were, uh, you know, asked a lot to the, the question that you mentioned, where, where is the cure for, the cure for you know, COVID-19 and when we will get a vaccine. But, you know, doing research, as you said, it's very costly and very timely consuming, isn't it? So we need to be a, be uh, active, you know, looking for funding, looking for, you know, the, the, the patients to be, you know, uh, to take part in trials and, and so on and so forth. So it's not something that is, is slow. And can you tell us, uh, since you, you mentioned that you, you work with con cancer, a specific kind of cancer, how do you deal with, uh, you know, misinformation regarding medical, you know, treatments and, and this area of of the medical you know science in, in general i think this is really difficult because um you have to manage people's expectations not only from a scientist's point of view um but also from a patient information point of view as well um i've worked on projects in the past where we can speak to patients and try to answer their questions and listen to what what um what they would like out of our research and that's that's really really important as well um, so it's it's kind of taking what we know and then setting realistic goals and managing everybody's expectations not only from um, a project's point of view you know each project it's a little step to the next key thing and then the next project will be another key step and hopefully that's the way that you build on science and then um, again, it's, it's realistically managing um, patient expectations and answering their questions as best we can with the knowledge that we have. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Can you tell our listeners now, what, how is the life of you know, someone who works with uh, bio, you know, biomedical science? What is, how is the lab like? Do you work in a hospital? How, how is this? Okay, so, so I, I chose the research route rather than the um, pathology NHS route. So within the course that, um, that I teach, students either um, go down the, the NHS route and work in a, a lab for um, laboratory analysis of patient samples. But I wanted, I wanted to find out a little bit more of, um, of how we can kind of progress the research area and find out, out new things. And it just depends what what you're interested in um really so i would say so i don't i don't work in in the nhs i work in a, a busy research lab and i also balance that with teaching as well which is fantastic because whatever i learn um any anything new that we find out within our research then we can pass on in terms of research informed teaching um, which keeps the course current it keeps our students interested and it helps to put everything in a real live context which i think sometimes that's quite hard to do with science because a lot of people are like oh, you know i don't understand that so we try to really sort of engage our students and um any dissemination any anything we do to try and engage people to show that we are active researchers we love what we do and then we try and pass that on to um our teaching as well so you sound very passionate about your the area that work. That's excellent, and I'm sure you know any of of, of our listeners that might be interested in, in this degree specifically, the biomedical science. 
they will find, you know, the, the fact that you are using uh, um, uh, teaching, uh, research-based teaching, that's excellent. Uh, now, let's try to find out a, a bit more about you. So, uh, can you tell us who inspired you to, you know, uh, do a, a biomedical science degree? Um, again, I think, going back to what we talked about earlier, it's that curiosity about what on earth is going on in our body. You know, we can't see it. We don't we don't, we don't know what, um, what happens and, and how things happen without doing further analysis, looking under a microscope, taking patient samples. And um, so at the time when I decided to um, study towards being a biomedical scientist, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And kind of that evolved over time. Um, and then that, that's how I decided I wanted to do um, research. Um, the area of research, that I'm in as in my main technique. So I'm a cancer research scientist and I like to look at age-related diseases, but I, within the actual research center, I use a technique called mass spectrometry. And what that means is you are looking at the, um, the molecular weight of a protein or a, a cancer biomarker of interest, something that can give you clues to a disease state. Um, so this technology is very powerful. Um, it can look at thousands of signals within one experiment and you are quite literally weighing the molecular weight of a molecule to determine what that molecule is. And then you can work with um, certain software that some computer programs that can give you clues to where that molecule fits in to a disease pathway. Very, very cool. You mentioned, you know, you, you have like powerful machines. Can you tell us uh, a bit more of how much dependent on the technology, you know, this, this kind of research is? Can you expand a bit more about it? So science is always moving on um, and you do need specialist um, techniques and there's always something new that's on the horizon that can possibly give you more answers. So it's a balance between what we have in the lab and being um, innovative and having sort of cool ideas to try. Um, but yeah, so it is quite specialist. So um, something like mass spectrometry um, it takes a lot of training and a lot of experience, which again is something that I learned while, whilst I did my um, undergraduate degree and then practically hands-on doing my PhD when I did that. Um, so yes, it is very dependent on certain specialist equipment, um, but it's, it's not just one area. You know, you normally use um, two to three validation techniques to um, confirm the signals that, that you're seeing. I think, I think that's, that's fair to say. So it's not just one technique. You have to use a range of things to kind of point you towards the right answers or um, help answer the research question that, that you are looking for. So it's quite a specialist. Yeah, it sounds like fun, I, I would say. It sounds that it's very, lots of fun there and lots of, you know, cool kids to play around. Yeah. And um, you, mentioned, you mentioned quite a, a lot of, you know, good, interesting facts. But my, nec my next question is, what would you say is your uh, most favorite thing, you know, as being an academic and the researcher? And then what would be your least favorite thing? So I would say, which I think is the, the answer for every research scientist, so speaking about being a research scientist, is when something happens quite unexpectedly, that's serendipity basically, you try 
something or something goes wrong and you get something amazing you get uh, you get a um you know a result that you think yes you know this is this is what i get out of bed for this is what keeps me interested what i don't like is if sometimes you can't repeat that <laughs> so i think that's a frustrating thing so you know you can't always rely on um serendipity of course you know you have to kind of have precise replicate measurements and um, make sure all the protocols and everything are followed properly to get um, you know, your experiments working as you wish. So I would say it's fantastic when something works out or you try something that, that you wouldn't normally have uh, tried in love. Um, but it's frustrating when you try and repeat it again. <laughs> so it's kind of like a bittersweet um, scenario there, isn't it? Yes, and it sounds like you have to be, you know, uh, paying attention all the time. Otherwise, you might miss, you know, the very, you know, striking point of, of discovery, the eureka moment. Right. So um, my next question is more related to your, you know, personal ambitions. So where, where do you see yourself, you know, in the future? What kind of ambitions do you have for your career path? Um, to be honest, I think, I think my love of um, science won't, won't ever change. Um, I love what I do. I think... For me, what, what I've achieved now, um, you know, I'm, I'm so, I love my job. So that, that's an achievement in itself. I think it's really important to be happy in, in your work. And I think it kind of shows if you are, your enthusiasm and so on. And hopefully I can pass that on to others. Um, so I would just like to continue growing my area of ocular disease. Um, you know, I, I suppose the more that you work in a certain area, then, you know, it kind of, it, it, inspires others hopefully um, so so really to kind of grow my, my research group and enthusiasm about ocular disease at Sheffield Town University um, obtain more um, collaborators whether that be within the UK and, and internationally um, and just just kind of progress my research area in in that sense and then from whatever I learn from that then that helps keeps my teaching fresh as well because you know, I'm passionate about teaching too. So um, whenever I kind of learn on that side, I want to always kind of inject that new novel novelty in my teaching. Um, so yeah, so just just to carry on with with, with um, expanding the uh, ocular disease area, that would be fantastic. Um, and just keep um, keeping my students engaged. I think that's that that is the main. Um, challenge and keeping people interested about science indeed and just getting you know uh, uh the next question is very much related to the, your your, the, your last part last part of your answer can you tell us a bit more about the actual degree you know the biomedical science degree if uh, what kind of things you know you mentioned that there are two rules already but what uh, can you give us a bit more about you know the details about the degree itself so if the listeners are interested they can you know go and look for it Absolutely. Um, so if you want to become a biomedical scientist within the NHS, then this is the course for you. But it doesn't mean that if you change your mind, the course won't open up more doors because that, that's what I did. I changed my mind and I, I went on a different path. Some of our students do um, teaching afterwards. Some go on and do um, the work in big pharmaceutical companies. So there are, there are definitely more, more career options. Some people going to um, to be a patent lawyer, so on the law side of science. Um, the course is very, um, very diverse in terms of the first year, we will bring you up to a level. Um, all of our students come from slightly different backgrounds, whether it be 
um, degree, um, sorry, A-level entry or access course or through, through other means, um, BTEC and so on. Um, so we learn a lot about the body. We um, install our students in the first year with a lot of transferable skills they can take forward into their other years of the degree. The second year is a bit like the diseased year, what goes wrong with the body. And we go into, we go into a lot more detail of what happens when things go wrong. Um, in the final year, um, they have two big core modules, um, cell pathology modules. So what happens go, that go when your cells um, um, become diseased and things go wrong in that way, uh, medical infection and so on. And also blood sciences, looking at hematological um, pathology. Then the students have the opportunity to do a fantastic six-week research project um, where they get guidance from us, but by then, you've got all these skills that students are itching to use within the lab, so they kind of have six weeks um, research project which students love. Um, and then some people transfer to medicine, and some people then do research or biomedical science um, in the NHS. Um, I think it's just such a broad degree, really. You know, you can go on and do many, many different things. Yeah, sounds like if you if you want to work with you know medical science, I think that's the one to to go definitely. Very cool. So we are going, we are getting towards the end of our chat, which you know I'm sure you found it very interesting as I did, uh, being from someone that doesn't really work with with biomed. I did some you know imaging processing, you know medical imaging, but it's nothing even close to what the cool things that you do. But can you tell us what can you tell us, Laura? What do you do when you're not working? <laughs> Well, I have, you can see my clock, clock behind me there, look. So I have two dogs, I've got two Labradors. I love walking my dogs. Um, I like going and taking them for a run. So um, because all the gyms have been closed in COVID, so that's what I've been doing, getting some fresh air. Um, so yeah, uh, to be honest, I like, I like cooking and I've, I've done lots of cooking um, since I've been off. Um, anything, anything, um, Asian inspired, anything with chili. <laughs> I like spicy food. Um, so I like cooking, taking my dogs for a walk. Um, yeah, get, get, getting some fresh air, trying to keep fit. Uh, yeah, that, and that's kind of relaxing, I think. That's my form of relaxation. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I, I don't really like the cooking bit, but yeah, everything else sounds very cool. And, and I, we all love dogs. So yeah, I'm glad you have two, two, two cuties to, you know, keep your company excellent right so the very last question is you, you mentioned a bit about the degree which is excellent but can you tell us uh, like all the opportunities like how if people got interested they are in school what they should do to to get in touch or if they want to do to, their company and they want to collaborate or if they want to do a phd maybe in this area can you give us a broader you know uh, where to find us explanation to whoever wants to get in touch yeah, so I think if biomedical science is something that you are thinking of doing, um, again, I mentioned it's such a broad degree, so you can change your mind within your time uh, with us at Sheffield Town University. Um, come to our open days. Our open days are online at the moment, um, but soon, hopefully, we'll have more freedom. Um, so please come to our open days. Um, so... Any opportunity really to, to find out a bit more, look, look on the website. Um, I get a lot of emails as well, so I'm quite happy to answer emails about, about the course. Um, if you want to do PhD study, 
um, we do something as well called an integrated masters. So when you are with us and you want to carry on, some students do another year. So that will give you a little bit more research experience. You have a 12 week um, sort of stint in, in the lab where you can go off and um, try different experiments and have a little bit more independence in that sense. Um, I'm not saying it's necessary to do if you want to um, do a PhD, but sometimes it does help because PhDs are very competitive, as you probably know. Um, so I, I think essentially come to an open day um, whilst you are here, um, ask us about a career advice and we can, we've got a wealth of experience between us all on the teaching team and the biomedical science um, degree. And um, we can give you as, as much advice as, as as you wish really, you know, with so many diverse um, careers that, that you can embark on with this um, particular degree. It's, it's accredited by the Institute of Biomedical Science too. Um, so hopefully you'll, you'll join us. Yeah, I hope so. So yeah, I think we, we, we reached the end of our chat. That's very interesting. So I, I'm very, you know, uh, pleased to hear that we have someone so passionate, you know, working towards uh, the cure or the treatment of this stuff, at least, you know, I consider that's, that's all for the, you know, the general population. But yeah, thank you, Laura. So we hope you enjoyed our break time podcast. Thank you, Laura, again for joining us. No problem. Thank you very much. See you next time where we'll be meeting with another of our researchers. So screens down and tune in. You won't want